Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. On him, if there's, uh, he feels like he's got to have a message in every one. So right. Freddie and those guys weren't about messages, just about making some money and scaring right. you. I like that. And I'm, I, well, wasn't Nope supposed to be along those lines? I, thought I didn't I, watch I nope. haven't seen it yet, I'm, but I yeah. thought it was supposed to be less messagey and more just along those lines. But back oh, to the there point. was a message. Get Out is still original. He made, in this case, the white man, the evil guy. And, and it was, there, and it and was there, fantastic. And there was a, don't forget That's the other what I'm one talking about, some original thought. Us was a message, which again. See, like, I, didn't, I didn't see Us either. I saw I Us. some people out. And again, that message was not directed at at uh, white people this time but i just i i you know which is fine like i don't i'm not trying to come off as if they weren't good movies they were good movies but i do think we need to find better some... than your pinhead hellraiser garbage you just mentioned well that's a again different experience trash different experience like don't you i think as this americans critical acclaim no, bro you're right I, I that's what we're talking about i don't always want to go to a critically acclaimed what, horror movie what, where the and you did, allegory and you did of that. the cave and you, you know, did that and how satisfied are you you don't sound too satisfied with your woman pinhead it was, you come well, here complaining about that it was just not it was you know it was fine it was fine nothing nothing it was a, it was a perfectly scary movie it was a you perfectly anymore. scary movie bro i'm down with it you know sam was not a fan I just feel like if I'm going to turn on a scary movie, I don't want to think, bro. I don't want a directorial dissertation about society in a scary movie, bro. Just get me the murderer with a big-ass weapon that I'm running from and that I need to hit with a car. Right? What's so hard about it. that? Y'all keep doing it. It's Michael Myers. Y'all keep doing the Well, the, Halloween ends, bro. Halloween ends. It's over. And apparently, I haven't seen it, but apparently Michael Myers isn't even really in the damn movie. That's the stupid part. You know, I was like, we're 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 overthinking this stuff, folks. Okay, bring back bring back Freddie, bring back Jason. No, we have new. It. We need new. All right, well, you come up with one. That's the point. We My. need new. Here's a scary movie. Your MLGW bill this winter. How about that? That's an original. That's a Memphis scary movie, like the Blair Witch Project. You just uh, take video. You open in the bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or how about the, a killer dead president come back from the dead, come back and killing people. Did, I, did. I think they they already did that. They they already did that. They did Abraham Lincoln as like a vampire, bro. He's right. They did. So you, you're. He is absolutely right. And what was the name of that trash? Probably Abraham Lincoln vampire. I remember what you're talking about yeah. though. Randomly. Yeah, I don't remember what they the movie made was. Abe Lincoln a vampire. But, but yeah, like they they even they that's taken, not. A, that's what we've used them all up. That was your big idea. 
<laughs> it was called Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. There you go. John's right. 2012. Now was he? A, I was thinking dead you, Trump. Was he a was he a vampire or was he a vampire hunter? I guess he was. Is a 2012 American supernatural horror action film, novel yeah. of the same name, history of the American Civil War with the uh, 16th president reimagined as having a secret, and then it's cut off. Okay, uh, so, so he, he's coming, but he's the hero, I assume. So he's he's okay. Well, that still leaves an opening though for one of the fighting presidents. against oh, so the he cast. He was the vampire killer. He was yeah. here. He is. He's fighting against the cast of vampire. Empire slave owners. That's what it was. Okay, well, that's an interesting... It was just ridiculous. Who came up with <laughs> so that? So it's a metaphor for <laughs> history. Vampire slave owners. We can't, you know... So, but he wasn't the monster. He was killing. He was the right. He was like case. he was reciting like the Emancipation Proclamation to the vampires. Tim Burton was pretty clever because he did the Edward Scissorhands stuff. Like yep. that was quasi. It wasn't horror, right, but it was right, quasi right, comedy. Right, right. You know that was Tim Burton's movie as well. That, this one I was just telling you. Oh, about. This, that was a Tim Burton. It was a Tim Burton film produced by. Were Tim you Burton. a uh, Were you a big Crow guy? You couldn't get into the Crow. I watched them. Yeah, Brandon. What was his name? This is right up your alley, dude. Oh no, yeah, uh, Lang? Brandon Lang. That's yeah. not it. That's not it, it. That's not no, it. Oh, uh, uh, and he ended up dying on set. Did he really? Isn't there some kind of crazy story about the crow and him passing away on set? I don't know, but I, crow de- uh, I, 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 is it Brandon Lee? He's the son, is he not? Of Brandon Lee, yeah, oh, yeah. It was, Brand- it's yeah. Not about Brandon and, and, and that Lee. was the thing. That's like right. his father was, Lee, yeah. was it on set that he passed? passed. Yeah, he died, and then and then the son something along those same too. lines. That happened twice. If wow. I recall correctly, yeah, yeah. Brandon Lee. Story. I got the name for you. Pulled it up. Good wow. job. That was well. Uh, but you did. You brought the crow up. Yeah, I, I watched him. I watched him. Thought Brandon Lee had a we thought had a future, perhaps. My my weekend started off so peaceful until you brought up the horror films because Jason had the tweet of the weekend for God so loved Memphis he gave it John Moran as soon as I saw that tweet Friday night sitting and watching the Grizzlies game I felt a, a sense of peace I, I forgot we had the horror films this week and I was feeling peaceful uh, I was you, not you humble me Brad yeah it was it was a tweet of the weekend I felt it, it, not, it got a lot of tread I appreciate that I want to hear from John on it yeah what'd you think of the tweet. Uh, I thought it, I mean I thought it was a good tweet. I thought it was a perfect time. That's tweet. not good enough. It, that was a, it, it was it one, lit fire, John. It did. It, it was better than a good tweet. It was kerosene. There's no doubt about it. And it and it did. It was a perfect time. John was taking over. It was a, it was a, it, I thought it was perfectly executed. That's all you can really ask for. Uh, you had the game plan, and uh, you executed the game plan, mm-hmm. and you got the results you were looking for. Right, virality, right? Yep. Uh, Felt good. Yeah, yeah. Felt good. Yeah, absolutely. He is a gift. A gift indeed, which is what the uh, which is what the Cenobites offer you in Hellraiser. They, if you solve the puzzle, you get Took a gift. Back to Hellraiser, this you, man did. you get a gift. The but here's the thing: you don't want the gifts. <laughs> Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time: baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
don't take the gifts. All right, every day this time we do the rundown. Let's go. Now, it's the rundown presented by ExploreStLouis.com. The biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies back in action tonight and back home for a little short stint before they head back out on the road. They were just out there down in Texas. You can hear it all right here on 92.9, of course, against the Brooklyn Nets pregame. We'll start at 6.30, tip, of course, at 7. Last I looked, and this could have changed, uh, have not checked this within the last hour, Memphis was a one-point favorite tonight over the Brooklyn Nets, who were 1-1 one one on the young season. Injury report news. Ba-doop, ba-doop, ba-doop. Dylan Brooks, I'm hoping, will make his season debut tonight because he has been upgraded from doubtful over the first three games to now questionable tonight with that thigh soreness. Zaire Williams, for those of y'all still hoping uh, to see him, still out, listed as out for tonight. But just having Dylan Brooks back, we talked about it there first hour. This is not Memphis Grizzlies basketball on the defensive end. Uh, you were 29th in the league last year. You were 6th. Having Dylan Brooks certainly can help with that. You've not been able to stop much of anything, especially guys going to the rim. Of course, Luca. I mean, that's a different story. He did pretty much whatever he wanted to do, uh, interior and outs- outside. But that was pretty much a scheduled loss for the Grizzlies as well, especially considering how shorthanded you've been. It's not just, you know, Jaron Dillon, Zaire Williams, a key part of the rotation we figure as well to this season. He's been out as well, so it's forced you to push up the Santi Aldamas, the John Conchars. And for the most part, John, they've done the job. Again, it is about managing this stretch without Jaron Jackson. I'd say on a game-to-game basis, you guys want to, you know, make these, uh, uh, sweeping generalization or, or judgments on the Grizzlies right now through three games. We can't do that. Yep. And, and that's what I, again, you look at this team, 29th in defense, you know this ain't them. Uh, let's wait and see what it looks like once Dylan Brooks back in the fold, hopefully tonight, and then eventually Jaron Jackson back in the fold. I'm happy right now sitting at 2-1, and one, although I'd, I'd admit Luka did look pretty darn good on Saturday night. Grizzlies sitting in a pretty good spot, and again, hopefully you're getting healthier with Dylan Brooks back. Desmond Bain, I guess, is a concern. Because I'll say this, John, after game one, you said, you know what, I don't like the looks of that shot. What was he, 6-22? Yep. And he hadn't looked particularly good for three games now No, for it, the most part. He is he is regressing here. Uh, and it's early. It's three games in. But, you know, he was he you, you ask, was he due for it a little bit from a career standpoint, right? Because he was shooting in the mid-40s, which is like a, a, among the best in the NBA. Um, <clears throat> I... I Look, I think Desmond's a good basketball player. Uh, I, 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 you know, I think that's been proven over the course of two seasons here. Um, is this going to be a season of some reversion, though? Is what is what you wonder here? And, and look, I, I think too, you know, you don't have your full complement of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like the spacing is not great right now without Jaron, without Dylan Brooks. Like I think those are two legitimate, you know, those are those are two big losses, you know, for the Grizzlies to not have on the court. So I will chalk it up to uh I will chalk it up simply to just okay, he doesn't have the full complement, you know, teams are focusing in on him. It's it, it's three games in. I will focus on that. I will not freak out just yet. But it, it it was not it's not been a good start. It's not been a good start to the season, no doubt about it, for Desmond Bain in terms of in terms of tonight, you know, look, you get a Nets team in here that is uh a quagmire. Well, one that doesn't play much defense right now either. But their their thing is that's them. This this you're not playing much defense, but you you your key guys are out for the Nets. This is what they are mm-hmm. essentially. And and will they ever be a good defensive team? Probably not. So in terms of getting what you want, that should be relatively easy. And I think it's gonna be getting stops. What's the number tonight? Uh, there was one last I looked. Could one. Be, 
Yeah, wow. Grizzlies were favored by a point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see that now. Now, last time the uh, last time the Nets were here in Memphis towards the end of the last season, uh, I believe that number was flipped. Um, Grizzlies were slight dogs in that game against Brooklyn, and now Brooklyn is a slight dog tonight. Um, I, I I don't know. In terms of tonight, I can see it going either way. I mean, Memphis just you know if, if Dylan Brooks plays, I like that. You know, if it, it seems like he will, play. I mean, then then that's sort of the way it goes. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Doubtful, doubtful, no, questionable, questionable yeah. yes. Yeah, the Grizzlies. So if Dylan is back, you know, I probably lean Grizzlies here. Although I don't feel particularly strongly about it, right? I mean, the Nets are, um, they're better than they were a year ago. They got Ben Simmons now. Kyrie can play everywhere, uh, and they and they need this one too. So, and they're probably coming in here feeling some type of way about the. Game from a you know in in the last season they probably remember that one so there's a little bit of a revenge angle for them I don't know I probably lean Grizzlies very slightly not enough to really do anything with it it's still a tough game because it's still what third game in four nights you yep. played Friday Saturday had Sunday off you're back at it tonight for a shorthanded basketball team albeit with Dylan Brooks back but remember this is Dylan's first game of the season so there's going to be some rust there good thing is for the Grizzlies that after tonight you'll get a little bit of a break. Before you head out on the road, you won't play again until Thursday. Then you're at Sacramento, at Utah for a couple, then at Portland to wrap up a four-game uh, road trip. So, again, a time to get some rest, hopefully get some uh, get some guys healthy, maybe some some uh, uh, Band-Aids on the bruises through a three-game uh, three and four-day stretch. But, again, Memphis Grizzlies tonight versus the Nets. Pre-game starts at 6.30 right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Tip at 7. Next story. All right, we have not mentioned this yet, but I do think it's it, it kind of does warrant a discussion here. Uh, Memphis basketball got a commitment from Carl Sharon Fan, who is a small forward in the class of 2023. Um, Calvary Christian Academy is where he's from. That's in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He he made his commitment on uh, on two four seven. Yeah, he did it virtually. He had like all the cheerleaders and stuff behind him and everything. It was like a you know a, a more traditional commitment. Um, had offers. Uh, he had he had a top three of like Arizona State and and you know sort of teams like that. Uh, but he's a 125 in the country is where he came in. Uh, UCF St. John started. I made Arizona State up. UCF St. John's, LSU, South Carolina, USF, and Mississippi State were some of the other teams that were involved with Carl. Uh, in in number 125 in the country, and it got me sort of to thinking about the way that. We talk about recruiting and how much attention we pay to recruiting in 2022 because, I mean, Jason, you you and I both know this explicitly well. I mean, I was the recruiting reporter at the CA. They made that position because there was such an appetite for recruiting back in that time. 2012 is when I started. Um, And it it was a big part of of the job, right? Memphis, who's Memphis basketball recruiting? I mean, we we both remember the you know the coverage of Skull, of Austin Nichols, of Jarnell, of you know hell even Dwight Colby, bro. Like it didn't matter if Memphis was involved with a kid, uh, it was like really important, <laughs> you know. And I think you know whether it's Carl Sharon fan or whether it's Noah Bachelor or whether it's Amar Knox or whether it's whoever. When it comes to these high school recruits, when they commit, does it not feel like, man, it's just like, eh, okay, 
I mean, he got Duran and Imani Bates last well, year. Well, yeah, that those are different, right? So it's not well, like you've been doing this for a few years. Well, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't mean in terms of the caliber of player. He may be a great player. I just mean in terms of, you know, like back in back in the day before the the game. I think I think it's more about the game changing. Like my guess is Carl Sharon Fran is going to get recruited over. Like what's going to happen? Penny's going to get to the spring, and there's going to be four dudes that transfer that are better and readier than Carl Sharon Fant, and he's going to get those dudes in the transfer portal, right? Like, just like every other coach is going to do probably. So it feels to me like these these guys that commit, these these, these sort of sub top 100 players that commit, whether it's to Memphis or whether it's anywhere else, it's like the odds of them contributing at that school are very low, given the nature of the beast in 2022. That's kind of the difference to me. Well, the game has changed significantly, and so much so you see it in the way Penny's team is built this season. He went after transfers. You and I have talked about how do you keep guys in your program, right, that you develop anymore. The high school senior that you bring in Mm -hmm. and is with you but doesn't get his shot till year two or year three. Are those guys gone by the wayside? Is that the better route in terms of – roster construction at Memphis to for you know not so much have have a ton of those guys but more so go the graduate transfer route go the the transfer route and then if there's a five star or two Jalen Duran that you can land reach out and t- you get that guy too I don't I hesitate on this to, to go all the way with you down that road on this one because maybe Sharon Font how do you pronounce that last name you did a better job at it maybe fan. he's that guy he, he visited twice, made two official visits. Maybe he's that guy you're willing to say, all right, you're going to be in my program because we've said you need those guys too. Yep. They feel like they're going to be fewer and farther between the way Penny's shown us he's capable right. of recruiting and the way he's sort of leaning now toward that older guy. And you're right. As a result of that, maybe this guy never plays. Mm-hmm. But I figure you got to have a few of these dudes in here somewhere. Well, you know, maybe Jonathan Lawson is this in a way. Sure. Although he's got the local ties a little bit different and, and for and him. His brothers here. He, he, you it, know. It's a different story. Yeah. But maybe he's that guy that because of the ties, he's willing to stay. You got to have a few of these, right? Well, no, what you're we right. know is Penny can still do whatever option he wants. Well, and I, but I, right, I, whether that's yeah, hundred percent. Well, it feels like it right now with where the program is that if it's a a, a Jalen Duran type or whatever it is, I mean. You're just a year off doing that or a transfer route you right. want to go that's I mean he got the most coveted transfer guy in yes. the portal yes. and Kendrick Davis so he's sort of he's kind of I wouldn't say becoming one thing or the other and maybe this guy's a guy that is one of those players that hey by year 2 or year 3 he's stepping up he's been in your system and here's a guy we've developed that, I just feel like get those guys are harder and harder to maintain. Yeah, I mean, I, right? I hear you. Start because, it, like, if I to was... To keep him around after it, a year and not playing. I mean, Ian Granha, right? Like, is he going to play? No. He ain't going to play. So Dude, what, I, I ain't going to lie. I had completely forgot about yeah. him until you just said his name. Yeah, like, he's not going to play. Granha. And, and, uh, and, you know, Jonathan Lawson redshirted, but how, how uh, you know, how common are those situations going to be you know mason miller at creighton redshirted but that was because like he, he you know he's got a professional dad who's like telling him that's the right thing to do mm-hmm. you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they they come at it from a totally different perspective it's not about memphis i'm not trying to make this like any criticism at all it's not meant as that it's just like the nature of the beast has changed and what's the best way to win right the easiest way to win is probably just to pick four or five guys in the portal every year, you know, but you're right. There has to be a foundation. There has to be, 
you know, a DeAndre Williams in your program, right, that you've kept and, and can build around. There's got to be – That's what I'm saying. You know um, – You need those guys. Yeah, like – For the right mix, for the right construction, you got to have a few of those guys in there. But, I mean, look, there's this is a team, uh, you know, uh, of newcomers. I mean, they did have Emmanuel Acott, too, before he left. I mean, they were going to lean heavily on a bunch of new faces. Um and so, look, I, I just feel like, you know, he, he may be a great player. He uh, This is not about – even if he was top 50, even if he was top 75, although I think there's a quicker path to playing time if you're ranked higher, right? I just feel like in the, in the age of, you know, uh, you know t- 10 years ago, this is a guy that would play, you know, because guys weren't transferring and, and, and weren't eligible immediately in most cases. You know, so a guy that was ranked as a three-star star or a low four-star, he was seeing the floor. It just feels like this guy is going to have a hard time, depending on what it – but, you know, if, if you're a coach and you have a choice. But, that, but that's college basketball now. That's what I'm saying. The, yeah. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Like like you said, this is not, this is not th- specific to Memphis. Not at all. I, I would encourage – like if I'm a fan, I would rather have experienced players than, than, than freshmen out there because it's tough. Like Memphis had the best freshman you could ever have in 2019 and they didn't make the tournament and weren't on track to make the tournament, mm-hmm. right? So this is not – again, I, I don't – Want this to be interpreted as a as a criticism whatsoever of it, of anybody involved, right? The kid or it's more uh, about how recruiting has changed. Period. It, it has changed. I just like I just you just sort of like the high school senior, right? Is just not as he's not the commodity in college basketball that he once was. You know, once you get outside the top twenty five, you know, it's like it's a crapshoot whether or not they're gonna a get on the floor, b b with that program because you got to convince. To me, when you're in these conversations now, if you're a coach, you got to be real. You got to say, "Look, it's going to be tough for you to play year one. It is. It's going to be tough for you to play as a freshman because I'm going to probably go out and I'm going to get some 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 transfers. I, who isn't? Who isn't? If you're not, you're losing. I think they probably shot the kid straight on that. Yeah, you're not coming in here as a sub 100 guy, right. Starting right off the bat, John, he's got to be committed to being a part of it for a few years, right? Before, if you know, a couple years, yes, before he gets his shot. I, I don't think you're committing unless yeah. you understand that. Because every kid you just saw what Penny did this offseason exactly. with the transfer. When I got number one in Kendrick Davis, yes. so and he's and, not going to stop doing that. How can that? you ask for promises right. if you're in that boat? Ask when you're a you know sub 100 guy. You yeah. can't. So you, you know, so I th- I'm, I'm sure that there's an understanding here that it's going to be a minute. For yeah, him. it's just like how many how many guys are you know willing to accept that is going to be the question again, not just for kids that Memphis is recruiting. Well, here's where I'm going: Is Ashton Hardaway going to play right away? See what yes. he did this weekend? Scored twenty. Yes. Shot the ball well. Penny says he's the best shooter in the family. Put on a show in that Mid South basketball classic. From what uh, from everything you read, everybody that was in there. Place was packed. Now did you, you see the line. Now was, you know he gonna play, bro. Line was through uh, Kyrieville. You know J- Ashton Hardaway, even if he wasn't. Lined it all through Kyrieville. Yeah, like he's Penny's son, though. So he, he's got that leg you, up. He, he looked like he's, in terms of the box scores, mm-hmm. he's shining as much as Bronny or anybody else on that team, Ashton Hardaway. He's the he's the three-star. Yeah. Uh, but Penny was on hand, obviously, on Saturday out at Collierville for that show. Uh, yeah, and, and apparently that team, and the California moment, Basketball Club, put on the show. There was a moment and shared by uh, Penny and Bronny where they, uh, they, they glanced at one another. And everybody saw the future. He gets to do that because his son's in there. That's right. That's right. It's a good situation. Yeah, I don't want any of that discussion to be. It's just. It's just really more of a commentary on how the landscape around college basketball recruiting has changed. You know, and that's natural because the you know the big the the greatest commodity used to be that grad transfer, right? But now everybody's a grad transfer in college basketball. 
literally anybody can. Yeah, it's literally free agency. And these yeah. high school seniors come behind those guys they for do. the most part. They just do. Unless you're top 25, Is like it, you said. If you're Jalen Duran, you know, you're still going to be a priority. If you're anybody else, like I'm trying to think of a – who was like a uh, – like would Lester Quinones, he was like top 50 though. He's probably not a good example. I'm trying to think of like the, the, the last like sub-100 guy that came in and contributed, you know, as a freshman. That probably would, as a freshman. That would not have been able to do it in this day and age. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what about uh, like what a guy? What about a guy like uh, you know Tyler Harris? Would he have ever seen the floor as a freshman? You know, probably I not. I, I, I yeah, I, and he was top 100, I think. By the maybe maybe he's just outside. I can't remember. Well, I think it, after the the forty eight event out in Las yeah. Vegas, hadn't he come up a little bit? Yeah, He'd come up. He was top one hundred. Yeah. Three. What about a, What about a kid like uh, you know DJ Jeffries? You know, would he have seen the floor as a freshman in this day and age? I don't know. Like I'm just throwing out examples like that. It just would be harder. And if you're not, if you're not, you know, if you're not ready, mm-hmm. like, like again, if I'm a coach, I am going to go for the experienced guard that's been in the in college for three years. Over a freshman every day of the week, no matter you know, unless that freshman is just, <laughs> you know, top one percent. Um, but Memphis did get a commit in, in high school yesterday, um, and uh, hopefully it works out for everybody. Hopefully he comes here and he and he and he can you know see get time on the floor um, as a freshman or or you know because I think that's the other part is like you do have to build in, I don't know, four guys probably five guys so you can like say okay in a year. I think so, just so you're not flipping everything right. every year, John. Right. Because Memphis had J- Jaden Hardaway. here with this player. They had Jaden Hardaway. They had uh, Alo, ultimately. DeAndre Williams, Malcolm Dandridge. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing? J- uh, I heard said Jaden. Who else? Am I, am I missing anybody in terms of? Lester's gone. Lester's gone. So that that's really it. I mean, you had four guys. Oh, Chandler Lawson, John Chandler Lawson. Chandler Lawson. Yeah, so you, you had six Lester. guys. You had six guys who were like really embedded and entrenched and ready to go. Ideally, right? Theoretically. Uh, anyway, it's just a, it's a commentary on college basketball recruiting and, and how it's changed. But Memphis did get one yesterday uh, in recruiting. Well, Next story. It could also be a part of that as well. We touched on it, but the game itself on Sunday. Maybe John and I can figure out um, because we talked about in cap or no cap that lineup that Penny Hardaway rolled out there uh, on Sunday against CBU. One we don't expect, and he mentioned as much. Uh, one we don't expect to see during the season. But if you're having to go starting lineup based upon what you saw, I can't imagine that Keontae Kennedy, after scoring nine, gave him four rebounds yesterday in that 69-60 win over CBU, is not in it, especially with the need for shooting. He was one of four. The team was two of 19 from long distance. Uh, not going to beat this over the head too much because, again, it's one exhibition. Tigers were solid. Uh, from the free throw line, 17 and 22. Now, much of that was Kendrick Davis, and he was as advertised. Like Kendrick Davis is going to remind you a lot of. Uh, I, I would go back to Jeremiah Martin in terms of. Now, Kendrick Davis is a better player overall, but in terms of the way he can get to the basket, get his shot, that's what it's going to remind you of. You hadn't had a guy like that around here uh, in a while, and he, his 22 points were certainly evidence of that. Um, but for the rest of the guys, man, it's going to be about seeing who else steps up around this team. Looks like you're going to have. Maybe a solid three for sure in terms of scoring with Kendrick, DeAndre, Keontae Kennedy. After that, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with Demario Franklin and this waiver request, everything else. Um, we got some things to figure out. But two of 19 for the Tigers. Uh, and again, what the most important thing, you didn't lose the game, a 69-60 win over CBU. Next one is next weekend against Lane yep. um, before we gear it up for real 
Um, and in terms of starting lineup, Keontae and KO, I imagine, are in there by the time we start this thing. Yeah, Penny said he ain't I'm giving up on Malcolm. I think he played 11 minutes yesterday. Penny said uh, he ain't going to do exhibitions no more because of you and uh, your overreactions to that. He says he's only going to do close scrimmages, which, by the way, I am completely fine with. Like, I don't think ex- exhibitions get anybody excited. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's like Memphis Madness. Like, you could, I don't care. You can do away with it for, you know immediately exhibitions are only good for the uh the other teams right because i'm assuming christian brothers gets a pass they're, they're, they're gonna be sad <laughs> they don't get to play you anymore uh but uh but yeah i have no problem if you want to just do close scrimmages instead of an exhibition like let's just let's just get out to yeah trout your uh you know experiments in private that does that nobody really will ever know about quote unquote so yeah i would much prefer that as opposed to you know the exhibitions, it, it makes no difference to me. Uh, Lomax, two of six, four points, three assists. Uh, Jaden Hardaway also started 15 minutes, zero points. So it's going to be, again, be uh, in between now, the next exhibition, and then by the time the Tigers open the season in a couple of weeks, it's going to be about finding those other guys, that supporting cast for Kendrick Davis. Because remember, when Kendrick signed on, he certainly thought he was joining a better one than he was leaving in SMU. Next story. Uh, Memphis football over the weekend. We talked a little bit about them uh, in the uh, start of the show. Uh, they did go down uh, 38-28 to Tulane. Furious second-half comeback in which they outscored Tulane 28-3 in the second half. Impressive performance by the players there because 35-0 ranked Tulane team. Nothing's going right for you. Easy to just sort of fold, right? Yeah, they said Glendale was fiery yeah. at halftime. Um, kept talking about that. But, you know, we've been very critical of the coaching staff. I do think it, it is worth mentioning um, the 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 metal and the resolve of the guys who are playing. Seth Hennigan, right? It just feels like when you are – when Seth Hennigan is – like he, he is not a dude who is programmed to lay down. Like that guy was engineering the offense – it wasn't working for him in the first half, no question about that. And I think Tulane cooperated. I thought their offensive play call in the second half was really, really, really pedestrian. Like they were just trying to get to zeros, and that helped Memphis sort of facilitate the second half coming. But they still had to go out there and take it. They still had to go out there and do it. And guys like Seth Hennigan, uh, Sutton Smith, man. Sutton Smith was making big-time plays for Memphis, especially there uh, in the in the passing game. Eddie Lewis had that long touchdown, so – Yes, that's the good. The good is is that the offense in the second half did not quit. Um, and I think that is a testament to those guys. The bigger issue is, like, where is this thing going? Yeah, you've lost three in a row. You lost three in a row. You, you kind of flipped it earlier in the season. You were blowing big leads. In this case, you came back from a big deficit. So, you know, you get to the same place in L, but you flipped the script a little bit. Um I, I do think, you know, what what after this bye week and a tough opponent against UCF, like what is the, you know, mental state of the team going to be, right? Because you can sort of feel it slipping from you. It's going the wrong way. Um, is, it a, is this a moment where you get the bye week and you come out and you're going to tackle the next four games by the horns and, and, and grab it? Or is it a deal where, you know, you just – you're, you're questioning things, right, in the locker room. I don't know. That's that's going to be where, you know, the 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 story of Silverfield, I think, is told. How they finish this season. Yeah, because I listen. I let's say they go six and six, seven and five. 
you know, and, and, and so if he's keeping the job, you go on the next season and say, hey, things got to be better. But, but it's Seth Hennigan buying in. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the key because you don't get it. Let's say you go that route, you're keeping Silverfield on. How, oh, he's, he's going to get through this. He's the guy. we we got to give him time. All right, that's what you're trying to sell to your fans, right? You better hope it's Seth Hennigan that's on the other side of that because I don't think you get there, John. You certainly don't, you know, it, it's much tougher. I'll put it that way. It's not, it's not impossible. You know, you went out and got Seth Hennigan. Yep. Like, you found him. But it's going to be – you want him, right, in the room with you as you get this thing turned around, if you did decide, if the administration, everything else decides, yeah, next year is going to be the year. You, 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 Seth Hennigan bails on you. Going to be much tougher to do. And so again, back to John's point, more than anything else, it's about keeping the guys in those locker room, keeping them in the in the boat, yep, in the ship, then it, keeping them believing because you have some exodus. You know, come mm. come come the end of the season of mm. players mm. with, with and, and and God forbid, Seth Hennigan's at the front of the line. Getting this thing turned around, selling that hope with a whole new group of guys going to be much harder to do. And that's when I think, John, you get back into that financial question. All right, we're going to try to keep selling hope or we're going to try something new where it is a little bit easier to sell. This is, I mean, it, this is the stretch for Ryan Silverfield, it feels like. It is. And, and again, I said it was three weeks and it includes this bye week because now you got to keep them in the boat right on an off week. Yep. Keep everybody still engaged. Tell them everything. We still got this, guys. All our goals are in, you know, all, all that coach speak. Yep. You got to keep them to keep buying in during an off week to get to UCF. John, you lose that one, it's going to be harder and harder and harder to keep the belief of the players. Yep. So that, that's where I'm focused right now is what those players believe. Do they believe he's, he's the guy to get them out of this? Because if they, if they don't and he's, you're sticking with him and he's staying yep. and they bail, then you got a bigger problem. Right, then, 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 frankly, than what you've got right there now. There is no doubt because about back it. To your, you got some players out there, dude. Oh, you damn. got some players that care. Don't tell me Quindell doesn't care. That man right there is a ma- he is a leader. Yep. Who was screaming a hat and should have been down thirty-five nothing. And, and look what he sparked. Yeah. But Hennigan, to your points, a player like there's some guys out there uh, that it, it it should be. That's what the second half, John, told me that comeback was. Th- this should be better. Than thirty-five nothing in the first half. Absolutely. Again, it goes back up to the guy that you you're looking to for answers and Ryan Silverfield. So it's big, man. He's got to he's got to keep everybody bought in right now. That is not the, an easy thing to do when you've lost three in a row, particularly not, in the way that they have. Yeah, but it, but I I do think the bye week is it could could help because at least you just you get that week to just sort of mentally you know figure some things out. Right, take a step back, exhale. I would you know it's probably a good thing D'Angelo didn't chime in. The way some other former players have, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe that, you know what I'm saying, stick in there. You need all that you can get right oh, now, yeah. dude. Yeah. You don't need any doubt seeping in there. Oh, again, and the guys D'Angelo looking around. knows his words have weight. And that's what we talked about last week. And so he's, you know, he's not going to put the. But D'Angelo can't save it. No, D'Angelo can't. Yeah. That's up to Ryan Silverfield. It's up to him. And, and it's those a, coordinators, he's and look, hired and everything look, else. We've had Ryan Silver on the show many, many times over the years. This is not personal. This is just a simply, it is a production business. It is, right? You and I have to produce. Um, if you're a coach, you have to produce. And, you know, I, I think we have established that 6-6 six and six is not good enough for Memphis if they have ambitions, if they have greater goals in mind of breaking through I, and I and I again I go back to it. Why are you pushing for these big, lofty, mountain-moving uh, renovations to this to the stadium? If you don't, if you don't care, then then fine, it's fine. I I can I can live with it. 
You don't think you're ever going to get in. You don't think Memphis football is ever going to be what it was three, four years ago, and and you're just fine with the status quo and going to a bowl game every year is fine. I I I could hear that, but that doesn't that doesn't go with what's out there in terms of all right, we want to do these things, and now you're getting six hundred eighty, you know, three hundred fifty million dollars cash request from the state, right? Jim Strickland's going to bat for you. I mean. You got to have something behind that. You got to have, you know, results on the field behind that. Otherwise, for what? Otherwise, the, otherwise, the state is going to lose money, <laughs> right? I mean, they are going to lose money because people will check out. They just will. We know the margin for error with Memphis football is very low, as is, and and, and they're it's starting to feel very tubby-ish. There ain't a place in America, okay, where six and six every year, over the course of time, is good enough. Is it, there's nowhere, no like, it's just not over the over the course of that time. that man didn't didn't take stick around here and want that job right Ryan Silverfield to say hey hey I'm gonna take it back down to mediocrity he understood John when he took the gig right this was about building and he thought he was the guy right yeah. knowing all the formula everything else that would he would tell you if you had asked Ryan Silverfield before you hired him. If two sixes, sixes back to back would at any point be acceptable? Exactly. He would have told you no. Why? Because he was a he was part yep. of this thing reaching its greatest heights. He was inside. Right. He saw it. So so if you'd asked Ryan before the job if this okay, he'd have told you no. So the, the, this can't be okay now. Now the and, one thing, and he understands the that. one thing he has said though is this nil has not worked in their favor. He has nope. pointed this out. Zero excuses. I, and I'm not, that's not my opinion. That's just that that is a narrative that is starting to uh, be thrown a little bit out there to change the uh, what what he thought was the expectation of the job. That, am, am I? I don't think I'm speaking that incorrectly on that. No, he's he's mentioned that, but I would, that's been a little undercurrent excuse that has started to float into the abyss. But here. that's a problem. Remember, we heard youth too uh, start. We got here. that too. And that yes. was before the season started. That's so right. Like, this was a this was a trapdoor setup in some respects. Well, here's the thing Speak about to the, the NIL thing. Everybody quick. has those problems in the AAC. It's not like Memphis what, what's is Tulane the only. What's Tulane and ECU giving out? There we go. How great that! Right. There we go. How great that's their it? stipend? That's, right. that's NIL. It. What you getting over there? I mean, and and SMU gives out thirty grand uh, to each player, and they suck. Right. I mean, so it's not like NIL is just this golden ticket uh, that's going to guarantee you success. And again, it's a it's it's a it's a dilemma that every program faces Correct. in the, the AAC. The job changed for everybody, yes. not just for Ryan Silverfield. Correct. Yes, there's particular challenges yes. here at Memphis, but he ain't the only one in that well, boat. And he ain't playing Alabama every weekend. That's he, right. He ain't playing Ole Miss every weekend. He's playing his peers. And none of the teams in this league, okay, especially the ones who aren't leaving, are flush with NIL money. There's not. Yeah. You, oh, East Carolina's flush with NIL money. No. no, Tulane. No, um, so and, and you were up nineteen in the fourth quarter against Houston. So it, it's just one of those things, man. Where it's like, I get it. I understand that it is harder than you thought it would be because of that. But it is this. Everybody has the same challenges, and so it's you can't use those as an excuse. You know, if there was something unique to Memphis, you know. Like right, oh, right. like like Vanderbilt has admission requirements, right? Right. right. So the, the like you know the Vanderbilt coach has that. Kind of have one hand behind your back with the, right. with the requirement. Yeah, like he can't recruit certain kind of kids because sure. they, they won't qualify. They can't yeah. get into Vanderbilt. But that ain't that ain't that ain't what we're talking about here. Everybody has to you know face that beast in the in the NIL. Um, 
So I you know, again, is it true that Memphis is not finding the money there? Sure, but is again, I go back. Is is Temple? Is East Carolina? Is is uh, you know is Tulane? Some of your peers, um, Tulsa. Does Tulsa have NIL on it? Come on, bro. So it's just one of those things where it's not just you. Um, but you got a bye week. Then you come back against UCF. All is not forgiven with a win. Let's uh, let's make that clear. All is not forgiven with a win. But you can sort of start that path. Well, with your own folks, starting yes. inside that locker room. To start well, and, with. And, and that's his responsibility. Help at keep this them point. in in, in yeah. with a win over UCF. It would help the cause. Yeah, I don't think that keeping them believing. I don't get the sense that there is going to be a. Certainly, if they're going to a bowl, there will be no coaching change. I feel very good about that. I just don't. That's not. That's not reporting. That's just common sense. I just don't think Memphis football is in a place where they're firing coaches after bowl seasons. I, I don't. But I do think it sets up the season next year. Do you keep Seth Hennigan? Is he still here? If he is, you know, you got you to gotta do better. You got to win your league next year as far as I'm concerned, right? If you have Seth Hennigan and Houston and UCF and Cincinnati are gone. He would be up for conference player of the year. Yeah. You got to sit around and, and, and be mediocre with him again in a league that doesn't have. You can't. Seven, like, and, stop. seven and five or six and six next year I think would be uh, that's why I mean I'm going to boil it down to if you lose to UCF Tulsa's the season because you're going to beat North Alabama to get you to what five yep Tulsa's the one at home you got to win to get to six because SMU to finish the season it's on the road so I mean what are you I don't know how much confidence you got in Tigers on the road but to me that Tulsa game is the one none you know Silverfield on the road to get to six is like three and 12 yeah and Navy beat Tulsa by 30 I mean, you got to win that game. So you got you got to win Tulsa. Tulsa will get you to six if if you're assuming they're gonna and they will. They'll take care of North Alabama. That gets yeah. you to six. And there's John's there's John's bowl game. But I ain't very. I I tell you what, and and I bet there are a great many people with me. I ain't, that didn't get me too excited. No, no you're gonna be playing in a, in a I, I, miserable bowl uh, against a listless opponent. Yeah. The, the key. And forget us. It's Seth. How well, you yeah, that's him? exactly right. The yeah, key, we're gonna it, do it uh, the next year, Seth. When everybody's back. gone, on right. back, we're roll. gonna take. A, we'll beat that uh, the ECU yeah. team and that Tulane team, Seth. Mm-hmm. I promise. Right. That's another thing to consider. Is like the the league gets worse, your profile gets worse, and almost every time he's good and a loss, and it your hurts stock you. drops if you don't get in the right spot. Well, if you're a kid like him, you want to go somewhere where you know you can win and where you can you know you can you have like competent, you know, offensive line play. And, I mean, these are all – these are all. Well, the whole point is, look, it, it, like he's taking a cut NIL-wise just in terms of what yeah. else could be out there. That too. If he can't win here, at least give him the no, winning you gotta, you gotta at a high exactly. level if he's if he's cutting you a deal there. Yep. Yeah. If somebody else got NIL and the winning situation, yep. that's hard. Well, and, That's hard to keep and, the guy. I, I couldn't blame him. I couldn't blame him one bit. And, and there's going to be, bro. Seth Hennigan is going to be Dude is good. Demand. Yes, they're coming. He's well, a, what do you get for a quarterback uh, who's they were really there? Hundred grand, two hundred grand, anything. It's would, worth a lot of money, wouldn't it be? Well, well it, just based on what Memphis has, anything. I, I think, yeah, get that kid on my campus. And I think even taking NIL out of the equation, I think that's probably last on the list. It's really about the Winning. situation, yeah. you know. And it feels like he played his loyalty card after year one. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He did. he did. He did. Yeah. So it's, it's you know if Seth Hennigan is a it's it, to me it's like it's like the Calvin Austin thing with the Hawaii Bowl, right? It's like the only oh, couldn't blame him a bit. Exactly. I mean, the only yeah. The only yeah. reason you would play is because your own sort of loyalty and your own character, right? 
you don't owe anybody anything. Mm-hmm. It would just be because you have a you have a certain type of feeling about the staff, about the program that you feel like you owe it to play one last game. He ultimately decided it was not in his best interest to do it. And I don't sit around and say Calvin Austin turned his back on his program. He gave everything to that to that University of Memphis football team. And I think Seth has too. Um, I hope the situation improves so that when we get to the end of the season, there is there is something that you could ostensibly point to and say, okay, this will this there is was better. the breakthrough. Here's exactly. where we figured it out. And that's you know, where we'll leave it. Need. I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, but that was the weekend for Memphis football. We'll come back. Uh, got Respect Burgers at 1 o'clock, and then Jason Fitz is going to join us at 125. Stick around. Jason and John, I need to turn FM, ESPN. One of the things cool about betting on the NFL is you can always find new player game props that you like. Perfect for Monday night. And that's what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game, scoring even bigger payouts called the same game parlay. Tonight could be pretty easy because you probably want to go under uh, on some of these numbers, specifically Justin Fields on the passing, David Montgomery. I'd go under on the rushing. You know Bill, Bill Belichick's going to try to take that away from the Chicago Bears tonight. Could be a low-scoring game. Same game parlay, just one of the reasons uh, bet on FanDuel. They make it easy. A live betting options are great. Fast withdrawals. When you get paid, you'll get that money back in your account fast. Plus, with the odds boosts and specials, there's plenty of opportunities to get paid. There's no feeling like nailing the same game parlay bet. So lock in that bet today on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in free bets. Win or lose, I could stretch that out with promo code JSmith. Again, that's promo code J-S-M-I-T-H. I'll probably make that last three, four weeks. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL and of 92.9 FM ESPN. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem call Tennessee. Red line 1-800-889-9789. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.